meet my very first special guest in the Talkback series, Darius Wiggins, a true Renaissance soul, and my son. Talking Back with Love, this episode is not just a conversation, it's an intimate glimpse into the heart and mind of a son talking back to his mother with love and understanding. Darius will open up about his dreams, aspirations, and what it means to be an artist in this stage of his life. Get ready to be inspired, moved, and gain a deeper appreciation for the incredible human being that Darius has become and is still becoming. Whether you're a parent, an artist, a music enthusiast, or simply curious about life's creative journey, this episode promises to be a soul-enriching experience. Tune in as we celebrate Darius' artistry, his music, and the beautiful tapestry of his life on this insightful and heartwarming podcast episode. <laughs> okay, so uh, welcome to Tawana Talks, the Talkback series, um, where um, we kind of dissect and, and dive into some um, some things we've already talked about. Um, just reflecting, though, that the um, Tawana Talks are really for self-reflection, be able to take everyday instances and see how you can... Um, <laughs> <laughs> how you can turn those around and make those life reflections for better um, with all hopes of strengthening relationships and then starting with the relationship with yourself. I am so excited though to um, go into these talkbacks with um, my one and only son. Um, my one that I've mentioned several times that has um, made me um, to who I am, and I am just really excited with having Darius, the one and only Darius Swan Wiggins here with me, my baby, uh, who's now an adult grown man with all the facial hairs and all of that. Um, right. I'm so excited for you to be here. Thank you. I'm excited for you to be on here and for the world to be able to uh, hear and know who this fabulous man who greatness has been spoken over your life and you are um, such a great a great guy. I've had the privilege and the honor of seeing you as a young a young bud mm-hmm. sprouting um, always just always seeing greatness in you. You've always been that that kid, that guy that it was so considerate and so compassionate about. I remember and I don't know if you remember this and you probably do. Your friends used to call you Dr. Phil. <laughs> tell us about t- talk about that that memory of being called Dr. Phil. I think that started like in middle school. Yeah. Um, I was just always a friend. I was like helping friends with like they like interpersonal problems and whatnot, you know what I mean? Like, you know, people had I don't know if it's like I mean I'm sure it contributes to it, like the fact that ever since I was younger, like I already knew like the things I wanted to do mm-hmm. and whatnot. So, you know, as you get older and mature and grow, obviously you just become more complex and intricate. Mm-hmm. But at that stage in time, not from a shallow or pretentious perspective, but from a just true and genuine perspective, a lot of the intrapersonal like toils that I was like seeing my peers go through. Mm-hmm to my perspective, were shallow, but not shallow in the sense of, like, superficial, mm-hmm. just shallow in the sense of, like, 
that's as far as they made it. You know what I mean? So, um, and not that I wasn't going through some of the same things myself, you know what I mean? As far as like, oh, like this girl, or you know what I mean, whatnot. And, you know, granted, there were a lot of things that they, they as in my peers and school experienced. And during that time that I wasn't really going through, you know what I mean? Like drawing with friends and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Because, you know, things that that's them from. Yeah, so I guess pretty much I was just always uh, looking to, um, help my friends and people that I care about sort out the things that especially troubled them from within their mind Mm -hmm. relating to their environment that I can help them sort out from like the sense of like like you know like as a kid like when I clean my room you like is mommy clean (laughs) it's like from a kid you in the room and you see all the toys to play with and you know you know what I mean so you start cleaning, but you start playing some toys. So then you start thinking of like, you know, this toy is going to okay here for now because I'll probably play with another 10 minutes. But then after you do that for an hour, like your room isn't clean. But so from that, yeah, so from that perspective, I was the mom just walking upstairs and just looking in the room and just seeing like, you need help. No, she's like, hey, um, but you know, and then even like my um, <laughs> um and, you know, I've always obviously been a person who's friends with, you know, every type of person. Mm-hmm. So even at that age, you know, I had a lot of friends that were girls as well that would, you know, just platonic. Um, and then obviously, you know, it's a time when you're like 12 years old, it's highly emotional, erratic time. So I was always helping my, my friends, specifically a lot of my friends that were girls, like work through like they relationship, <laughs> relationship <laughs> trauma and and, and, and stuff and whatnot. Um, I don't know, just because, like, you know, seeing from it's funny because obviously, like, you know, from this perspective is three 12 year olds, but two 12 year olds, you know, the issues that they're having on the outside, this 12 year old, I was like, you're right. Like, but if you just, like, I see what you guys are saying, I see what you guys are both experiencing, but if you, but you both don't realize it, if you put this here, this here, this here, and now look at how you guys are experiencing each other with the, with the situation that's going on right now, like, I don't know. Like, you think about that like <laughs> but now nah, yeah i know it's obviously just funny but um but yeah i mean even even in, in present contemporary age i still similarly look to um to to run a similar lane in a much more pointed mm-hmm. way you know what i mean where the way that i interact with the community of like peers that i have that i, I work with as well as the people um or in addition to a lot of them having been my long, have you know, being my long-standing friends and whatnot, that I have the pleasure of working with in the arts and whatnot. Still, um, you know, just not that I per se per se have you know more or less going on or anything like that. At least I try to diminish my ego and obliterate it as much as I can. And you know, I practice that a lot to just um, widen the breadth of my capabilities to do so. Um, though in, in, in just back to the, the main point at hand there is that um, I still find myself um, in that role of like, not like, like mediator between the external self and the desired self 
of the people that I'm around. You know what I mean? And I, and you know, my only prerequisite for ever like really being cool with somebody, you know, not considering any of like the very um, obtuse and, and like you know gross characteristics that could push somebody, you yeah. know, towards, you know what I mean, type things like that. But as far as like just regular average orthodox type of characteristics that, you know, people may or may not have nothing in strain too far on either side of the outlier. My only prerequisite is feeling like that you want more for yourself than I want for you. You know what I mean? Like even when we had like, yeah, even when we were having our falling out and, and everything like that, a lot of the frustration that I was experiencing was that I knew I was demanding growth and accountability and it, you know, obviously from a mother to a child, I was hurt that I wasn't receiving that, but more than anything from one person who cares about somebody else to another, I was very frustrated that I felt like I was wanting and yeah, then you were even, you know what I mean? And then willing to like, you know, work or, you know, uh, you portray to have, you know what I mean? Like, so in, in that same scope, you know what I mean? That's my only like, when I went with my friends and whatnot, you know, the, the only thing, you know, like I said, outside of anything that, you know, you could do in one instance that could maybe be like, okay, yeah, that's not, that's not going like, I don't care how cool it was your there, you know, <laughs> but, um, you know, outside of those types of things, the only thing that could really drive me away from somebody permanently is like them doing regular stuff, you know what I mean? Like, you acting regular like because obviously if you're not getting better you're getting worse right. so i demand excellence out of myself and i'm part of myself and in in a lot of ways so one of the main ways that i know how to show love and you know i mean look you know i know we've talked a lot about love language in the past and we're not but my main expressions and manifestations of my love language is holding that same type of loving sternness with the people i care about as far as like demanding excellence and not excellence from my own standards but like excellence from their standards you know what I mean so I don't want to seem like I'm trying to right yeah I'm trying to mold everybody to my own standards but like no like I take yeah I take a lot of care and you know I ask a lot of pointed questions um when I'm conversing with people like my peers and, and that I care about and even not even just you know necessarily peers within my own age range because you know um obviously being an adult now and then also being like very much so immersed in the world mm -hmm. um as well as in a field that doesn't have exactly you know what I mean like you could be working in the field for 5 10 15 25 years and you know you still building you know what i mean so i've become peers with people that are older than you and you know what i mean um so even in that sense not, <laughs> not that you're old <laughs> no but um you know so um i guess what i was saying was that you know i asked a lot of pointed questions um and i do that in a sense where, especially when I am passing the time alone with someone, you know, whether it was, whether I foresaw being alone with that person or not, especially if I foresaw being alone with that person, because you know what I mean? If that's the case, like, 
you know, I told the homie to come just kick it with me or whatever, you know. And so, of course, I'm already expecting for us to be engaging each other and whatnot. But even in cases, um, and I've been challenging myself to do this a lot, um, and especially in consideration of like, like where I said, like, I try to like um, diminish my ego and practice that a lot. Um, that's one of my most, I feel like on the surface flaws that I recognize in myself is with having a, a mind that's always working and you know what I mean from birth through now always working to put things together and yeah. deep contemplation and you know what I mean um a, the uh one negative that I have witnessed manifest within myself of that and not even like recently you know what I mean it's something that has grown from deep in my past maybe even before this life who knows um but that I have begun to realize within my exit of adolescence is the danger of where that ego, you know what I mean? Where everything internally and externally has its place and not to get too far off because I don't want to, um, to anybody, not not to me to voice this out loud, not to you or not to anybody that, you know, may view this, like villainize the ego at all. Everything has its place, everything is a tool, especially during that age of adolescence from and from my own research and experience, um, especially from the time where you pretty much like you 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 start getting your adulty through adolescence is the time where the ego descends, yeah. so to speak, to help you build who you are. Right. So say there is a in the inverse, there is a less active and more passive ego too far on the other side of the spectrum then that's where you have all sorts of identity crisis and you know what i mean self-esteem issues and not that um an inflated ego doesn't come with its own self-esteem right. issues and whatnot um it definitely does though i feel like the it comes with more self-esteem issues versus confidence mm -hmm. issues and on the other side it comes with definitely self-esteem issues but much more manifested in confidence issues mm -hmm. versus self-esteem issues there has to be a healthy balance for sure with everything and ego I found for me, like I said, with a mind that's always working and, you know, um, obviously as your mind develops and you develop, become more complex, you know, you come from simple and um, very rudimentary um, stimulus and then you build concepts out of those things. And then from those concepts, you start making connections and building a mental map and right. from there is judgments and um, perceptions, obviously turn into those conceptions mm -hmm. and, you, and you know they become more and more complex over there and then you know you have a whole map of <laughs> you know what I mean of, of what you figured out that becomes its own conception and then you do like oh I can relate that to there you know what I mean so what that is obviously there is still judgments which judgments and conceptions are obviously extremely helpful and beneficial you know but like there's a balance there's, you know there's a slippery slope of everything and it can definitely you know I definitely um, combat it and recognize this within myself as I have found myself, um, you know, struggling with those things at times, but times where I've found my ego to be getting inflated, especially in moments of like frustration um, with, you know, circumstance or people that I care about or whatnot, um, you know, where you, you can just hear like the, why can't they just, or like, mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't even get that or, you know what I mean? And recognizing I'm speaking from a point of my own privilege, not saying that, oh, you know, like privilege in the stigmatized yeah. sense, 
but privileges in the sense that I have made it to this level of awareness that this person is not aware of in this scenario, in this instance. So it's not healthy, conducive to my own growth or to the overall um, you know, best solution to whatever situation is at hand or best outcome whatever situation at hand to automatically take up those actions of antipathy versus allow sympathy. And when, like I said, one of the big things with diminish my ego is, is trying to allow the world to work on me more than I am working on my conceptions and judgments of the world. You know what I mean? And with that, tying that all back to everything that I was saying before is trying to be a service you know what i mean and um a lot of things are very very minuscule obviously but every day i try to like i said when i ask very pointed questions i know i'm tying all the way back i especially when i'm passing time alone with someone because i'm trying to take every instance especially if it is an instance where i am you know actively Mm -hmm. you know i'm not sitting and allowing the words to work for me i'm not just you know being receptive and taking in, but I'm engaging with something physically uh, and looking to learn and looking for those opportunities to practice compassion and empathy, um, especially, like I said, um, with diminishing that ego in times where there's people that I should have run me the wrong way or, you know what I mean, or like, oh my God, just do something annoying. You're like, you know, stuff like that. Stuff like that, I, I, I try to, um, you know, especially within the past like three months, I could say I've been, I've been really, really mindful and um, adamant on with that. Like, you know, some a couple like, for instance, a couple um, younger dudes that um, some of my friends may have known from like, you know, when they were younger or whatnot, but they, you know, a couple years younger than us. And even with that, like, even with a lot of my friends or whatnot, you know, not that any of my friends are immature, period, so to speak, but we have very different stations of life, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Very, I, you know, I have some of my friends have kids, but none of my friends that are in my immediate circle have kids. So that's already like, you know what I mean? And then, you know, that's all exactly, that's already so. And then a lot of my friends are much, or, you know, at least a few years older than me having graduated high school, at least a couple years before me. So that kind of, you know, levels are just playing field out mentally a little bit because a lot of them are tending to think about, you know, more long-standing careers being like 27, 28, where, you know, I'm not necessarily like in that realm because I've never been in that realm. And that's not, you know what I mean? I already kind of had that figured out, so to speak. I didn't have to devote that mental energy to trying to figure out what else, you know? So, um, but, you know, just in the same, like where, you know, the long-term thinking, so to speak, um, but not to get too sidetracked, but just so where some of the, like, you know, younger homies, so to speak, as that might be around. Yeah, some of the younger homies, that's what we call them. Some of the younger homies that be around, like, and, which is funny, and, and this is because, like I said, they, you know, they may, I'm 24 now, they may be like 20, 21, you know what I mean? It's not that much younger than me, but it's younger in a sense where, like, like I said, trying to practice much more um, sympathy and less antipathy, because in a lot of instances, I would get frustrated at, like, dude, you're not that young. You know what I mean? Biologically, there are some things yeah. that are still missing. And, 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 and that's a pertinent point to consider as, as far as like in the 
the very so much just experiencing somebody who they are. You know what I mean? Like where like, you know, like kind of like going back to like the old adage to say like the, the more you learn about something, the less you have to fear type thing, you know, where it's like not obviously not <laughs> maybe I'm trying, I'm really trying. I'm really trying. Um, <laughs> I'm really sorry, but and, and obviously with this and this concept less about fear and more about just being able to express compassion the more you know about something. So like even knowing that, and like I said, in those times it could definitely still it's a lot of ego that mm-hmm. you know yeah. could much more easily be exercised and put in place right. versus empathy. Whereas like I know that. But when I was 20, 21, 19, I was acting like that. You know what I mean? And I mean, say, like, you've always been wiser beyond your age. Always have been. Um, and I don't know if you even knew this. Like, your friends told me, like, they called you Dr. Fab. Like, why do you call him that? Because, of course, I'm thinking of the silly one because the way he does voice and all the things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I know you. And, I, you know, I, I, in some aspects, when you know somebody, certain things certain qualities that everyone else see, they become natural to you. And so you're like, oh, I haven't realized how that manifests in other places. Mm-hmm. And so they, your friends would tell me like, um, we call him Dr. Phil because he's so even killed. He never has a side. He can see, mm-hmm. you know, the big picture of what's going on. So he doesn't take sides like, oh no, you're right. Or, oh no, you're right. He's able to sit back and be like, just like what you just said. Like if you put this piece here, you put that piece here. Um, and so just going to your point where you talk about um, being able to look at different di- different people and saying things like, um, I, I, I didn't be like that when I was this age and that age. I think it's important to like mention because sometimes people forget like I some things that you do at 23, I didn't do at 23. The environment was different. The access was different. Like internet didn't come about until I was in college. <laughs> so then we had Hotmail. Hotmail seemed yeah. kind of scary because it was called Hotmail. It was like, whoa, what is that now? <laughs> they were like, is this like a date now? Like, I don't know, like speed rooms? I'm like, I'm trying to- The dinner date now? I'm So now that, you know, that, you know, as 21, you're like, you have, you have, I mean, eight-year-olds, you know, your sister, uh, two-year-olds, you know, your son's about to be two, like, who have never lived without the amount of internet, the amount of access. And so, I, like, I was talking to your grandmother about this the other day when she was mentioning something, and I'm like, she was saying something, I said, well, you gotta first, one, you gotta remember, you were this age before, so think about the things that you've done as this age, still there are some characteristics and some um, behaviors that are similar, not the same because of our environments, but are similar. Let's sit back and think about that. I said, and then the same aspect, you have to remember and think about what the environment looks like now and what it looks like then. The way you behave now is all contingent upon the environment that you're in now. You can't say, like me, when I grow up, I would never let Tyler, I would have never let you come home at eight years old, open the door, come in the house, and be good and do all the things you need to do. But at eight years old, I was a latchkey kid. I did come in the house, open the door, let myself in, take my vitamin. At one time, cut my hair, cut the dog hair, get the vitamin, the dog, whatever. And then went to my grandmother's house. But no, and nobody thought about that being a problem. Nobody thought about the, the, the dangers of that. And then you fast forward, you know, years later, and I have you, and eight years, you know, at eight years old, I would never be like, oh, yeah, let yourself in, 
and get yourself together and then no <laughs> like there's danger so when we think about you know how people behave and how they interact we have to think about those types of things um, as well what are the access okay. and so also mentioning what you said with regards to ego I think like that's an important factor so like even with the business I'm doing now with relationships but that's just my focus now building and strengthening relationships and I think we had this conversation before too but how that ego comes into play with um with what what I'm what's the word I'm looking for with the difficulties of relationship building because relationships are all about you know consideration understanding yeah. compassion grace all of those yeah. things but when you have your ego in the relationship and obviously I'm assuming we're, we're speaking on um, romantic relationships but even even yeah and even even not romantic relationships especially when there is a goal whether it is something that's tangible or something that is just um an idealistic goal that is working to be achieved you know and we can automatically just exemplify that with like in a romantic relationship an idealistic goal maybe to grow a happy family a happy you know healthy nurturing loving life and die old together mm -hmm. and then in a less romantic relationship if y'all may be you know especially in my, in my um, perspective y'all may be working on a project together or even in a, in a less creative perspective y'all may be all planning you know you and a couple friends all planning a year from today to go to a trip together and y'all have a goal to have to work to together you know um a lot of the work sacrifice and difficulty especially in modern age and it's funny to even like say that um not that these same difficulties didn't exist but it's funny to even say that because i you know how you're just talking about like you know you have to look on, on the times and, and, and the evolution of the zeitgeist, so to speak, and whatnot. Um, and obviously things have, times have evolved, things have changed. Everything is different, but there's always going to be similarities. Right. As above, so below, the law of correspondence, you know what I mean? The, 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 the wider scope that you're able to consider of any situation, the... You know, it's like it's like when you zoom out on a picture, the further away you are from uh, from every picture, the more things you see. But as well as the further away you are from picture, the more they all look alike. You know what I mean? The closer you are, the more the different things. But then you get to zoom in. And that's like I know that's funny, but that's also it's funny, but like it's like real, like that's like real, like like like. A little window into like a peephole yeah. through a, a, a universal infinite truth yeah. you know what i mean um but to not get too far off into that little tangent but um oh man i almost lost my train of thought but i know we we're saying the evolution of the arab of using those analogies like zoom out, zoom in pictures in, and getting a better understanding. Let's go back for a second to the talk back. Mm -hmm. And so, like I said, these are called talk backs and the whole aspect of some of the talks are really taking something that's like, seems insignificant or something that happens like, oh, just let life pass by. And you talked about like the intentionality of, of behavior, basically like, you know, really being intentional because every moment of your life counts. Mm -hmm. We shouldn't take life so serious, but every moment counts because you don't go through. 
purposely interject. Yeah, yeah. um, that's something that obviously I believe super heavily. You know, everything is is important. Um, like I, I have a, a, to paraphrase one of my own lyrics in 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 a, in a song I have with somebody. I said something like the link to um, music will be in the, uh, in the description. But um, it's like I said something along the lines of like, I don't think a single thing I've shown is not important. Like, you know what I mean? Like, pretty much like I'm, there's not a single thing that isn't important in some aspect, you know, that's a lot of deep thing to kind of contemplate and, and even with the analogies, I use a lot of analogies and apply them to the law of correspondence in order to help myself widen my scope of awareness and my field of consideration and my abilities uh, where both lie, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Awareness and consideration. Um, and one of the little analog analogous allegorical type thoughts that I had in my head the other day when I was like, walking back from the bathroom in the studio or something, um it's a sure amount of time. Yeah, and exactly. And something in those times, something so profound can take place just within yourself. Um, which reminds me not that I'm gonna speak on the main thing that I want to say real quick too, but um or get this out real quick, but um that like thinking of like life, like you know, like the butterfly effect. Yeah. So like kind of just like applying like that thinking like with life like every if, if you like life is like a show you know what i mean i think it was because i was watching something and they were like saying like I, i'm not the main character in this show which is funny because like <laughs> they were like the main character but it was really like two main characters but, but that was like but that was like a that was an interesting motif though that, that that i think led me into that consideration of that and it's like if you really think about it like in a very thorough through and through sense of it every it's like from a divine like um almost infinite perspective every single thing and this is very so much you know automatically assuming that anybody that can so to speak subscribe subscribe to to, to this is also subscribing to my personal beliefs that there is soul and mind and everything you know um some soul and mind forms manifest life some do not so obviously i'm not trying to get too too deep into that but to just exemplify that really quickly, um, from a high complex form of existence of life that we can think of being human to a lower complex form of existence that manifests life that we can think of being insects and bacteria to a lower manifestation manifest, manifestation of existence that does not manifest life, but that still contains, contains soul and mind, like minerals, crystals, every, everything, you know what I mean? But just in infinite varying degrees, um, you know, it's a lot of like Shintoism. Shinto is like one of the uh, Japanese traditional belief, belief in a lot of things like everything contains a soul. There's so many different things. But anyways, like I said, not trying to get into that completely, but um, if we can, I have to, it too long. What is it? I was almost losing my train of thought. But um, pretty much, uh, Glad that you added this little thing out. <laughs> hold on, hold on, because I'm not one. Um, oh, okay. Um, that, um, oh man, I lost it. You gotta come back to you. 
Yeah, I, I remember the other thing I was going to say. I, don't, I, I lost my little train of thought on that. But um, I know I interjected you to say that I, I kind of did bridge into it a little bit with that. Um, I just try to remember my, my main thing I wanted to finish with that. But anyways, um, being in the, what I believe um, to be truth, like I said, it bridges into what I was saying as well as the mental aspect of the, of existence that um, all, all this mind pretty much is, is a common axiom that gets used in, in that round belief and again I don't want to go too too far in and, and lose my train of thought again um but all is mind and not in the sense of how some people have you know there's some scientific theories and people theories that like oh the whole universe is a dream in someone's mind like no not <laughs> not someone's mind and like the mind and that's why I say like the law of correspondence as above so below is important at least in those types of thought exercises because then you know you start thinking like obviously the brain is not the mind right. and you know the mind is you know then then it's also so exactly so to the infinite degree right. like you know well yeah Pseudo superheroism of us to to mm -hmm. think that we the understand the mind, our mind, even in that yeah. instance. Like I think about small things. Mm -hmm. Like I can't even see my back, <laughs> let alone understand my back. lifelong journey of consciousness and 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 you know deepening the mind, widening the mind, everything like that. Within the past couple of weeks, within my um the times that I have been practicing mindfulness and breathing and whatnot, and you know a lot of trauma gets held in the body and, and things like that, and you know just as well as um the way that your awareness for your own body can grow as you practice that awareness from inside out, and the way that that can also translate to uh the uh, more spiritual and soulful um awareness yeah. of, a, of a sensation you know what i mean where the, 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 more connected with yourself exactly yeah. where the physical can transcend. you got your back and you get that spot just right like as i've been doing like literally meditating and breathing sometimes i'm just watching tv but i'm very focused on my breathing and being you know mindful i've been feeling my back more um and i've been like realizing that like I haven't been even oxygenating parts of the inside of my body properly mm -hmm. by way of actively breathing, which I mean, you know, obviously there's a lot of um, study science and whatnot that goes into support of you know, all of the benefits and, and just amazing phenomena that breathing the is breathing, yeah, yeah. and as well as, as normal as it is right forget to do and it as, well. and exactly <laughs> that my point being that there is a lot of like there's a lot of it that is intuitive and most of it is intuitive that we forget and or a lot of us don't know that obviously there's our muscles that are you know what i mean and they need to be focused on engaged with in order to strengthen and like 
I sit here to myself having like, you know, played sports from eighth grade to like sophomore, junior year. And then even, yeah, but, but like, you know what I mean? Like very, very rigorously, like every day playing sports. And then even after that, still outside of my friends playing basketball and whatnot, even when I wasn't playing in school and whatnot, to like, you know, getting into adult life and not being as physically active. And then like feeling, you know what I mean? Like I remember, like, like, like I remember my body feeling and even though I'm more aware of certain things now, it helps me be more aware because I remember how certain things felt even in the time when I wasn't aware to help me bridge that awareness. So to, to tie that bow really, really fast, it's just been funny that you said that, that you made that analogy because like it's been super, it's something that's so simple as breath, but it's been super profound to me that I've literally been feeling like it was the other day, but I felt it for the first time I was like doing some deep breathing and like I took a deep breath in, but like, I didn't like inhale to my nose. I more so like expanded the inside of my body and allow all the air to enter. And it felt like, like in my lower lumbar, like it felt like two little pockets, like, like you know, when your ear pop in the plane, it felt like they had my back. And I was like, oh, and I was like, and it literally felt like, like it literally felt like I started like inflating more of my body. And like, I was not taking advantage of my whole body. You know what I mean? But um, it was just super, super, funny and interesting but I, I thought it was really funny that you said that but to just tie back up whatever else I was saying really fast about um you were saying about how um a lot of people um ha can't have the tendency to um well I know you said about like the whole pseudo um, pseudo superheroism and like an egotistic egocentric and then I was going to connect that with saying how you know a lot of people have the tendency to not be so engaged with their everyday life and intent on their actions and you know it's definitely good to develop and build you know your own aspirations and develop the future that you want to bring into within your thought life and whatnot um though it can become diluted if you get lost in that and don't tie it back into the processions of life and that's what a lot of people do so that's why i was just going to connect it back saying that i believe in the law of mentalism, the that everything is mind. And I personally think it's like cosmically funny in a sense, as well as I want to find a better way to um attack that thought and and the ease that that judgment, that this judgment gets passed. And people are saying, like, oh, life is just like a simulation and whatnot. And it's funny because Scylla says it a lot, but we understand things the same. We just communicate very differently. Where she is a, I need to communicate in a way where everybody can understand me. And I'm a milk for babes, me for strong men type of person. Like if I said something and I said it clear and they didn't get it, they need to find somebody else to talk to. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> saying that a lot of people my belief in where i fall is that a lot of people that no for real a lot of people that you know that 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 that, that end up losing the habit of engaging yeah. their life and, and practicing attention in their life they become simulated. Yeah, like, that's true. You know, there's it's life. Just every life, day life, is, life is an intertwined coalescence of, of 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 spirit, soul, and physical forces. You know, and if the 
the, the soul being the mediator between the spirit, quote unquote, higher self, higher existences, divine existences, and the soul being like more of the 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 the, the very deep water that is hard to, to reach, you know, that you can reach with a lot, a lot of practice and whatnot, as well as the surface water of the mental thought world in in the from my perspective and, and what I what I believe and experience, the you know, spirit is the very much so higher sense of the self, so to speak, when you when you swim so deep that you walk back onto the beach. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like now you now you like, you know, you, you remember which pit or number. The type thing, you know what I mean? And then the physical is the physical, but they're all just like it's like it's like a solid of a gas. Like, you know what I mean? Gas being the spirit, um, liquid being the soul and physical being the, 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 the physical, you know what I mean? Or solid being the physical, it being they're just all condensed modes of themselves that are intertwined within each other. So if the higher modes are not getting practiced, if the energy is not getting applied into those systems to allow this material, this matter to become liquid and gas, it's going to condense and be solid. Yeah. And that's why I say like, People allow themselves to become stimulated because they allow all their experience and conditions that they um, that they have developed conceptions and judgments about to pretty much be type become the code that runs their life. Yeah. So yeah, you know they spend blitz and moments of their days in thought and daydreaming and making choices, but for the grand majority of what's going on in the perception of their days and years on end until some people obviously don't until you know and this can be at any age any stage yeah. of life no matter what until they re-engage with themselves and with their life and their surroundings and realize that it's not something that's happening separate outside of their life that their life with everything going around them is something that's happening you know what i mean I think um, that, that, that is where people allow themselves to become simulated is what I'm that's saying. That's that's no for sure for sure for sure for like even what we're talking about, like <laughs> about now, like I said, taking daily what seems insignificant events in life and really reflecting on it, taking for a moment. And like this is called Tawana Talks for the just ones. And I was thinking about that the other day. My just one was really meaning like, if it's just for me, then I'm just, because I was just one. Mm -hmm. I was a one young girl who grew up in the projects, just one. And somebody said something, did something, and it worked for me. But then I said, what does the word just mean? Like true, like if you're being true to yourself and you're taking those reflections, I was like, oh, dang, I didn't even realize that I tied that in there. But being even intentional with talk facts, let's, let's go lighter to go deeper for a moment, if you will. Mm -hmm. I'm about to, about to get you out here. We'll do it. But let's go lighter to go deeper. So talk back. Let's, let's go back to when you were little mm -hmm. for a moment. Um, and let me just say this, too, because we're going to go a little bit deeper, too. Um, my baby, ha, my my son, my adult, <laughs> gave me a grandson, and I have an, another grandbaby on the way. And so we're going to talk a little bit deeper about adulthood and parenting in that aspect, reflecting in the boat. So talk back. What was your experience in the household with mom, me, and talking back? Like, like what? What? And when you hear the word talk back, and you reflect back to your childhood, what? What do you? What do you think of? Getting popped. <laughs> like, like, what does that mean? What does talk back mean? What does that mean for you as a as a child? What did it mean for you as a child when you kind of reflect back? Because it was something that was very frustrating, like 
being taught to literally be smart and question everything like verbatim. Not here. <laughs> <laughs> like, you're like literally verbatim, like question everything, like both you and that, like literally, like question everything. <laughs> and they want to ask a question and be like, so, you know, I mean, obviously we can laugh about it right now, now and it is funny in retrospect because there is that recognition of like, you know, the absurdity of that not being, you know, the just the 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 justness of those type of like just that that mental procession and interaction going down between somebody older, somebody younger, a parent, a child, a human and a human. Um, you know what I mean? Obviously the kid it was it was just very frustrating, like talking back just meant it literally just meant talking back. Like, you know what I mean? And that's what made it frustrating. Like obviously we knew the stigma that you were meaning it, you know. But as a kid, yes, but in the, in the, but in, and even so, importantly with that is like, there is like, yeah, we know what you mean, you know what I mean? Because we're people and communication happens more than just in words. So, especially when we're teaching to communicate adequately, effectively, and intentionally with words, it's important to say what you mean. And so when you say don't talk back, that means don't talk back. But what you mean is don't be obnoxious and you know what I mean. Why are you, you know what I mean? Why are you picking straws when you know what I'm saying? Or don't try to be slick and funny when I'm really trying to be serious and tell you something for your own good so that you can really think about it. You know what I mean? So that's why it was special because obviously we know what you mean, but it's like in certain instances, yeah, the way that we went about it is not the way that you should communicate with anybody that you care about, especially not somebody that is in a position of like educating you, you know, regardless of parent or whatever, but they're in a position of like, you know, you don't know what they know and you are talking back because you literally are like, but what about this? Like, because you're trying to know. And it's like, the way you're going about it. And it's like, and that's why I was saying it's the, the frustrated thing. Like, that's what it meant for us as a kid. You know what I mean? Because that was the frustrating thing. It was like, now in retrospect, like that's what should have been getting communicated is mm -hmm. the way to go about the way we communicate these things. So that then it, 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 you know, we boiled it down. We just both frustrated, but heads in each other and nobody's getting hurt. Like, <laughs> For me, when I was young, the talk back meant I said it, you shut up, that's, that's that. It, right. <laughs> it's like, I got to think. So I check my grammatic work. I was always talk when not talking to because I was like, well, I got something to say. I got a question I want to ask. And I always got popped. My mother always popped me because I always had something to say. And so I, evolution of time and experience, I said, I'm never going to let my children be like that. It changed. It wasn't like it was when I was young. Although I still don't talk back, but it changed for me because I mean, and I, I'm sure that you can agree with this. There were times I was like, "There's times that we're going to talk it out," mm -hmm. but there's other times where no, it's just like I said what I said, and that's that. And moving from there, so that's the evolution. But then also going back to the other point was, you know, if I didn't say it, if what was it? If if I didn't say it the way you understood it, maybe you need to find somebody else to talk to. And so <laughs> getting to that point of talk back was. Maybe in some cases, it was the way I said whatever I said. You're not questioning you, your sister, um, weren't questioning what the authority or it, it, and it could also have been like 
um, you know what I meant, but in those aspects too, because time has changed, I, you know, I was a young educator still learning the brain and all that. Maybe you don't know exactly mm -hmm. what I meant. Like, I can't say that you knew exactly what came out of my mouth. And so allowing you to actually just ask them questions like, hey, when you said and not me, like, no, I said that, like, oh, 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 you know what? That's not what I meant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and this goes back to this, and then I want to really get into um, really quickly um, your parenting and then what you're currently doing and all of those things. Um, the third point of that uh, was because you were so far out thought in your time, you were very creative. And I don't know if you recognize this, but I do. You were very creative on developing a way to talk back so that you gain understanding. Your focus and your intent was always about gaining knowledge for growth. Because like you mentioned earlier, you knew what you wanted to do at a very young age. And so I just remember specifically um, the day I was waking you up to go take your AP exam. And I was like, Darius, you got your AP exam today. And you were like, I'm not taking that. And I was like, what you mean? <laughs> You're not taking that. And you were like, you were like, I'm not, I'm not taking that. And I'm like, Right, you gotta get to take this exam. And you your words to me were, I'm not taking that. I'm not, I'm not going, I'm not using it for college. And I took the class, and, and not these weren't the exact words, but basically I took the class for the knowledge. And you were like, I got the knowledge I want. Why would I put myself in the mental turmoil to take an exam for something that I'm not gonna use? And I'm like, that's an absence. She was like, I've already planned out how many absence I'm gonna have for the year. And I could have this absence, so I'm going to enjoy the rest you're of my life. You're like, 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 Okay. And and that still stuck with me this day. And that's a story that I share with other people. I was just talking to a parent the other day and I was just like, you know, he knew his goal. He knew what he wanted. And and really, why put yourself in that situation where you were all gonna be all stressed out for no reason? And you said, I got the I took the class for the knowledge, I got the information I wanted. I'm good. Have a great day. But so how much of how much of like because we even talk about like ego and 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 recognizing it and you use the word um some negative portions for you were um realizing your ego and I like to challenge you to say that's maybe a strength that's a strength not a negative it's a strength and growth pass on like the ego is a negative thing but letting it not get in check and letting it um, you know, take action and get used right. to taking action in places where, you know, something like compassion or empathy or sympathy should be taking action more. You know what I mean? Obviously, because the ego, the way I think of the ego, the ego is like the um it's like the it's like the contact sticky paper that is like, you know what I mean? Like how like on the the, the gold building used yeah. to work that. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, it's, it's, it's it's like it's like it takes all the the flies and everything that you the dust that you the color the pigment that you pick up and it sticks it to itself and then it shows the world and says this is me and it's something that is continually reflected from inward to outward you know what I mean so the ego is a it's a important pertinent vital tool and portion of yourself though letting it get out of check it, it, it forces it will force it to 
forced the webs between you and everything else when you are connected to everything else and it can allow you to your your ego and and the your the the how much weight and importance you put on yourself your own feelings and everything else to to become extremely un, imbalanced not only with all the life in existence but then especially with your environment you know your soul you know, the ego is only a portion of who you are. You're letting that get out of control. How much of this do you think, how much of you becoming, because um, you've always been becoming, and, and like I said, you're wise and we're always becoming, but how much of this um, extension of your greater self-awareness and, and more of your focus, even more so, um, has a lot to do with, well, let me back up and say this too, because I want to talk about your consideration um, and how you've always been considerate from the Dr. Phil. I'm, I've had the privilege, privilege of seeing you grow up and then also the privilege of seeing you as an adult. And I'm just so honored to be able to see that. Like, I see how you interact with Scylla. And I, I just, like I was saying this to somebody the other day, I was like, he's so considerate and intentional about, you know, these awareness of others and, and being, you know, there and mindful. And I, I just, I want to commend you on that, you know, publicly and, and even with, with Bronxy. And so I want to say how much of you becoming a parent has contributed to, you know, self-actualization um, as well. Definitely um, a huge, like, it's been like the biggest catalyst, whereas like the first catalyst was like, coming into consciousness as a young kid and then from there you know it was a lot of ego a lot of a lot of more gross soul work being done developing yourself you know what i mean and that, that everybody goes through and then it just happened granted even growing up i did want to have kids young because that's what everybody around me had and that's what i knew and i always appreciated even as the before we even moved to north carolina i always appreciated how young you guys were compared to my age you know what i mean like you know, going to school and like people, parents being how old Nana is and whatnot and stuff like that. And you know, definitely, obviously, not calling Nana old, but that being my grandmother and that being their mother, you know what I mean, is a big difference. I really appreciated that. Um, you know, as I got older and got closer to that time, I didn't think that was going to happen. But you know what I mean. But then coming to 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 Bronx being born and bringing him to the world and bringing home everything like that, and you know, fully becoming into that role and falling in love with life all over again was the second biggest catalyst to literally being born myself. Mm -hmm. um, whereas in a couple regards, one, which is when I could say that it's like, it's the more um, like, it's the more like, not because it's not tangible, but it's the more like, uh, like almost phenom, like it's, it's like a phenomena base. Like it's almost like more where you can like almost like bookmark it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, even though, like I said, it's not tangible and it's something that's still very radiant type, but hopefully you understand what I'm, what I'm saying a little more. Um, like, you do, I know I'm okay, right? <laughs> but um, from like, so up until recently, not up until recently, from back then, way back then, childhood, I feel like I forgot something back then. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I feel like I, there's something I can't remember. I feel like there's something that I'm not accessing that's very important that mm -hmm. I can't really remember and I'm, I'm trying to put my finger on it. Um, and the biggest catalyst that set me on the path to getting closer to beginning to more so realize that or remember what I couldn't remember 
And which really, honestly, within the past two months, approximately two, the past two, three months, I've just like actually like, I think I'm starting to remember what I could have remembered. Wow. You know what I mean? And that's where it's even like, even so funny because it's parallel. It's like, I have little bits of memories from like living in Northumberland and like being like a baby, baby, like literally crawling on the oh, wow. zone and like living in uh, on normal with Chewy and whatnot. Like I had bits of those memories and I'm sure some of them are reinforced from seeing home videos later on. But, you know, I'm, I realized recently that one of the most damaging things I did to my own self and my interaction with my inner world through to the outer to, to the outer world is tell myself I have an overactive imagination as a kid. You know what I mean? Um, I told myself that a lot from you know you know I used to have a lot of nightmares and things like that. And it wasn't that I had overactive imagination. There are things that are physically sensed, you know, that you are able to sense physically. And there are things that you are able to sense extra, you know, extra sensory, you know what I mean? That, that, that you don't sense what your senses, you know, the, what your physical senses. And as a kid, especially during that time before adolescence, and before your adult teeth start setting in, a lot of those primordial, so to speak, soul spirit forces are still very much so going to work on you building you, you know what I mean? Um, there, you know, not only obviously your your your, your physical aspect, um, but even then that still more so goes back into place, you know, obviously from infantile stage, but then back during when, you know, those adults are coming to adolescence or whatnot. But during that age of time, like like I'll say probably was like, you know, three to to five, six type probably dwindling off, mm -hmm. um, was uh uh there's a lot of you know, that's what kids are very, they're very imaginative, creative, emotional, because there is a lot of, they are, they are not fully citizens of the physical world yet. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. They're the, the, the higher forces in the soul and spirit world are still helping them transition into getting acclimated with the physical world and getting acclimated with all of the, the existences around them. You know, so the things that I started to, one of the things I started to realize is as a kid, like, I don't know if you remember, like, this and this is crazy, like, but um, back when we were living on um, Northumberland, but not on, and there's this one memory that I have stuck in my head, and that's, like, it's one of those things that, like, growing up, and that's why one of the first instances that um, I acknowledged recently, and I recognized, was, like, it was so dangerous and damaging for me to tell myself that I had overactive imagination, because it just set myself up to enable myself to not be able to properly engage and develop understanding for the things I am experiencing as well as not having any sort of connection or validation for the things I'm experiencing from outside you know what I mean and that, one of the things I remember that is remember me coming upstairs and telling all the worms I felt crawling on my back when we I don't, I don't know if you remember that when we lived at Campbell it was a it was probably a couple times um I remember I think I was five I remember I probably freshly got my haircut so I probably had just turned five and I remember I was in kindergarten I think um and you know, definitely as a kid, I definitely had trouble sleeping because I have a very active imagine, vivid imagination as well as I'm a kid. And one of my beliefs lie is that imagination is a precursor and a skill slash ability slash 
mental appendage that delves and intertwines into intuition. Yeah. Um, okay. You know what I mean? And, and, the, and a higher sensory um, sense, senses, so to speak, yeah. you know? Um, so as a kid, having this imagination, you know, these conjurings of thoughts and experiences that are going on both within and in front and intertwined with my experiences that I don't have any outside validation for, but that I'm experiencing. And then it's almost like life became overwhelming and scary because I'm experiencing so many things, but nobody, you know what I mean? And it's like, I'm crazy, you know what I mean? I'm, you know, I'm not, I know I'm not out of touch with the world, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm, I'm grateful that I at least had the mental sharpness enough, you know, and I couldn't imagine if I also had trouble understanding right. what other people were going through and empathizing with other people as well as connecting my own, you know, like more gross and constructive, like um, just connections, like what was going on. I couldn't imagine how afraid and lost I would feel in the world. Now, yeah. if that was the case, you know what I mean? I'm grateful I was able, and that's why I feel like, like I said, don't oh, go like I feel like I forgot something. And I'm starting to realize that it wasn't as much like oh, I forgot so like a like a, a very traumatic something that I blocked out in my brain as far as like a you know somebody got kidnapped and you know it's like the whole thing like I, oh I can't believe I forgot like no it's more so like a I'm starting to realize like that I have that there is a piece of myself and my existence and it's like one of the more vital and archaic pieces of myself wiser pieces of myself one of the predecessor pieces of myself that is the imaginative intuitive mm -hmm. higher portions of myself that i have been compartmentalizing but more so suffocating like restricting and that comes into like i said the intertwining of the denser manifestations of existence and the more ephemeral manifestation of existence from physical to higher, you know, um, where, like I said, I'm coming serious, I feel worms on my back. I feel worms. On, I don't, you know, obviously there's no worms on my back and I'm, I'm just, I'm more so probably feeling my back and whatever type of energy is just, you know what I mean? Especially at nighttime when, and, you know, I, I know that this is going to get into a realm of very like, mystify and like you know people don't feel what they feel and you know take what they take i just challenge anybody that listens to anything like i'm trying to do it myself now to allow yourself to be receptive don't mean you have to be blindly faithful or you know be automatically subscribed to something but allow yourself to be receptive and receive what somebody is expressing as their truth and as their, as, their, as their truth and their reality. And I mirror that with saying how I said one of the most damaging things I said for myself is I have overactive imagination. One of the most damaging things that any person or, or person group could do to any other person or person group is dismiss and refuse to even acknowledge or engage with what someone else or others are expressing as their truth and their reality. You know what I mean? It's different if, you know, you actually did it, engage with it, and you know what I mean? And then, you know, whole types of stuff went down and you found out, oh, you really are just lying, you know what I mean? That's different, you know what I mean? But like, you talked about like the whole like, in a much more simple aspect, like the Dave Chappelle, the Cat Williams, and then the much more grand aspect, like homophobia and transphobia and, and bigotry in that aspect, you know what I mean? How damaging that is to everything, especially considering like we're not separate, you know what I mean? We're not 
So that's like like you telling a whole group of people, especially even one person, that what they're experiencing is the truth and dismissing or refusing to even engage with it as a possibility that this is what they're experiencing is like what I'm doing to myself. And, and something scared me. I was fearful. I didn't have the mental capacity and the strength and breadth of mind to be more receptive of what I was going through back then. And it scared me. And I was only a child. So as during my formative years, I was like almost literally like scrunched up, you know what I mean? And that's literally where the, the slouching manifests. That's where the, the, the not breathing correctly manifests. That's where the not sleeping correctly manifests. That's where the wanting to be awake at all times manifests. And the, the you know, feeling like uh, the imposter syndrome and like feeling like I'm, I'm missing something when I'm sleeping. And then like I said, I know it's going to get a little wrong with missing but you know, my own research, I've been doing a lot. Like I've been taking every piece of something from all religions to all ideologies that exists. I take it as a piece of a page of the truth of the book of all, you know what I mean? No, so I study that's, all that's, that's really, really important. Thinking deeper in yourself and realizing that I'm not challenging every everyone listening to this, this is like something that seemed so insignificant as a child. Like you know, how many children feel something like nothing's going to On the Thunderland Hills, I remember one specific day. This is the memory that I said that fits my head. This is one of the ones that like I think like it stuck with me in such a profound way. That you know, fast forward now, it's helping me like trust in what I experienced and not <laughs> dismiss what I'm experiencing, um, and and work to fully re-uncover and you know um, excavate my true whole self. Um, but in the past, it definitely worked to scare the hell out of me <laughs> because I know what the fuck I just saw and experienced. And- no, there is no physical possible explanation. <laughs> um, but on a Thunder Lady, I know in the one room that, that I slept in, it was the bump in it. Yeah. And, um, well, no, that, and I. And I. Yeah. Okay, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah, so that's what it was. Um, the price as a kid felt like it was way higher, way different. Yeah, I'm bumping out camera. I know that for sure. So this one, whatever, truncated. Um, and I just remember Shani, it was one day that um, Shani, we were out doing something and we all went back there and Shani slept over. Um, and, um, you know how shiny is, she hit the bed, she could sleep, and I remember she had got, we went somewhere, she had got some stuffed animal or something like that, or something, some little black, some, some type of stuffed animal, and she was, maybe so, and she had slept with the stuffed animal, and I just remember, like, shiny hitting the bed and sleep, and I couldn't fall asleep at first, because, you know, I, and, and like I said, this also goes into, like, a, I'm, I'm a Leo, <laughs> and I'm also, like, I'm, like, a true Leo, so it, like, the Leo, the sun rules Leo. So well, another way I think about that, I, I'm still doing more research on on a lot of planets, astrology, numerology, and a lot of ways, especially in relation to my own self, but in general. Um, but the way that I think about that myself and to my limited knowledge so far and the way that my charts and whatnot affect me, when the sun is up, I have like a, there's like a, 
that's when a lot of my like my 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 ADHD um symptomology of my anxiety can manifest more because I'm trying to connect with everything. Like I'm trying to, you know what I mean? If I don't get enough sleep, I'll be so lethargic and grumpy because truly I want to be up and be connected with everything. And you know what I mean? And I want to be experiencing stuff and I want to be, you know, sharing love and laughing and you know what I mean? But I am fucking exhausted. So I know, no, but trust me. But at night, it's like my and when you're sleeping, your, your your soul is your body is resting and your soul is going to work on all the things that you interpreted. have interpreted and, and ingested in your day. And it is delivering the fruitful things up to your spirit. You know what I mean? Um, at night, I definitely experience the much more active of the soul and spirit, you know, activity for myself and in life in general, especially around the 3 a.m. times, there'll be a lot of times at, 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 at Grand Oaks, you know what I mean? I would go, get up and go upstairs at 3 a.m. because I would just feel so weird downstairs and I would feel creepy and, you know what I mean? Or I would pop up and look at the clock when it's 3, 3.30 a.m. You know what I mean? Stuff like that. Um, but I definitely feel like the less bound to my body, so to speak, during the nighttime when the sun is left, when the sun is in, I feel the... Like, like the sun is like the magnifying glass concentrating my intentional energy all together and allowing me to swirl them together and work with them. And that brings their own benefits. And the nighttime also has the benefits where because I have been a lot of the night, I have done so much work for myself tonight, but it also does the, has the the risk of it, it the way it feels to me, has sprawled me out. I'm not as concentrated in a sense. So if I'm not as focused and aware on something, I can have the tendency to fall into a heavy streak of fear. You know what I mean? Of where the waters are so deep because I'm sitting, I'm constantly, I'm thinking, and I'm really, you know, I don't have as much of an urge to reach out and connect with this person and this person. I can focus on one thing. And because I can do that, I can deepen that focus and spread it out into like the mindscape, so to speak. And though when I do that, just like, you know, um, like if a kindergartner steps into a college, like, oh, so cool, so much education and, and learning you do here, but at the same time, it's a lot of big people walking around, it's a lot of yeah. emotion. So that that's the that's the that exemplification of the presence of that fear mm -hmm. applies in that where fear is just, you know, a different degree of passion, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. of, of interest, yeah. of love. It's a different, you know, it's just a different degree of it on a different scale or on a different part of the scale. Um, so in that aspect, it's like I you know, and the nighttime is where I do take that time away from the physicality of interacting and allow my passion, you know, to, to allow myself to, to nurture my passion and, you know, to grow those things. And then I can also have this, the tendency to slip into a heavy paranoia and fear because of the less of the concentration. You know what I mean? Like I'm trying to say. Identifying the time of really capture but it was identifying your time where you are, your focus time, basically. Mm -hmm. Like, everybody's is not the same. And this is a great concept, just even think about, like, how we do school. Mm -hmm. Like, school is right. from right. 6 to 4 in, in different mm -hmm. sections, depending on the grade level that you're under, the city that you're under, the state that you're in. Um, and if you, like, if you think about that, like, in your aspect, we take that back, and who you are is who you are. So this 
energy realm of when you're able to think and when you're able to focus and when you are able to engage didn't change. Mm -hmm. And so if we think about if you went to, you know, go to school from eight to four and that's your time when you are overly stimulated because you're trying to engage with everything, your focus time is not there. Mm -hmm. And so then you get situations where people are like, your kids aren't able to focus. That may not be their focus time. And I, I mean, I don't know what the what the fix would be for it can't I mean you can't do school at midnight <laughs> but but being able to and then this is knowledgeable but you have to you, you, one of the things that I've uh, a common thing I've been saying to my friends a lot recently is if if you didn't do it you didn't decide it. So that just you know brings the the realm and the weight of everything is mine of conscious engagement with existence and reality playing such a heavy-handed influence in the birth of what becomes reality right. you know what i mean and that also falls around my belief that we may not have control over anything but we have extreme varied degrees of influence over everything and the weight and strength of said influence especially within the immediate immediately conceivable you know what you immediately mentally conceive is almost predominantly dependent upon your ability capabilities practice and exercise on doing so on considering on becoming aware and how you're able to exercise and utilize that awareness you know what i mean and i think that goes good to although there may not be a you're not going to fix for it because you have a diverse, um, there's a, a differentiation of people and how people behave and how people interact and how people are, are comprised. So there's not a, there's not going to be a generalized fix or anything because again, the difference is, mm -hmm. but there can be a differentiation of understanding of people. And so in, when we think about things with, you know, and I always take it back to educating because, you know, I'm a teacher. Mm -hmm. um, and so when I think about that, you're just thinking about, and then we can also take it into home to, to um, you know, um, romantic relationships, to partnerships, to business, to school, exactly. being able to say like, okay, this is the time we're doing this, but I understand this may not be your focus time. How can you? How can we? You know, or in, in a romantic relationship, yeah. this is the time I will. Let's talk. Yeah. You know, because then sometimes even even if this is your time of focus. There's that compatibility portion. There's that consideration portion. There's that, you know, give and take portion. Like, you know, this is not really my time of focus, yeah. but what are some things that I can do personally so that I can be more focused? Yeah. Than, you know, when you're in a relationship, uh, a big one of the biggest boundaries and obstacles is learning to annihilate yourself and your ego for the common goal, you know what I mean? Whether the common goal is, like I said, something more ideally, like have a good life with your spouse and develop and grow a happy family. You can annihilate yourself and that doesn't mean, oh, you get rid of who you are and everything like that, but diminish, keeping your ego in check, diminishing, you know what I mean? It's like, it's like standing down the parts that are not, yeah. helping the door close and stay closed and open when you need to open it you know what i mean like you gotta you gotta you gotta buff some of those things up carve some intricacies or something so that the the, the the fixture and the system can work out the system supposed to work yeah. for what you want it to do my major thing that i've been saying in the middle of a conversation like in the beginning of a conversation i uh, 
what's your goal? Because let me know. Like, no, it's your goal. Like I said, like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm really here. I'm, I'm a milk for babes, meat for standards like, type person. Is your goal to argue? Because then I can respect you. <laughs> is your goal you want feedback? Because then I know how to exactly. listen. Is your goal just and I, I, I find myself <laughs> in the position where a lot of people come to me for feedback. But then sometimes it feels like because, you know what I mean, the just the disposition that I often carry. And, like, you know, I, I carry a very being so much like a, a everything's going to be all right disposition. Like, and not and it's not necessarily everything's going to be right for everybody. But, like, if you with me, everything's going to be all right. And like, why? Because I said so. Like, it's going to be okay. And, again, I know that for sure because it always has been. And, that, exactly, like, and that's something I say, like, I probably have a world record for – the most times one person has told any grown man to simmer down. Like I tell people to simmer down all the time. Because it's sometimes like like even my other like my like my other, like some close, close friends that like they'll be, you know, worked up about something in their own. I'm like, bro, simmer down. Like, you gotta relax. If you wanna work it out, you gotta relax, first of all. Like, you know what I mean? Like But um, but no, but it is very serious because like uh like people come to me for you know input or you know want to sharpen things against me, which I am very open to all input as well as sharpening things against me. But then when it comes to a point where it's like, are you trying to lead me into giving you the answer you want? I immediately thought I'm like, what are you asking me? Or where it's like you know what I mean I have some friends that is like like um they they struggle to to get to what they're trying to say. And I recognize that, and I know because I struggle with that myself a lot of times as well, and I have consciously worked on that a lot, you know, but I know there's sometimes, especially when it's something so deep and pertinent, that I want to get it out, and I want to frame it right and make sure I communicate it as best I can, and I end up muddying it up on screen. <laughs> exactly, and I end up muddying it right. No, I'm real sometimes, though. Um, and I didn't want to, I, I don't also want to feel like I say that, like, no, I say no. something that's my own get it, and you know what I mean, right? Like, um, but uh, in those instances where it's like, I have friends, you know, they try to, and I sometimes like, cause I get it and it definitely is a frustration, but not me getting frustrated with them, but more so me treating them in the instance where I care about what you're saying. And I want you to be able to express what you're saying. And this is the time you have to start saying, I'm not going to go off, have another conversation. I'm not going to cut you off. I'm not going to act like I pay attention but I'm going to stop you right here. I'm going to, I'm going to hit you with a stop, make you make all your thoughts to fall. And I'm gonna be like, calm down. Like, you know what I mean? What are you trying to say to me? And I want you to know, like, I'm I'm making eye contact with you. Like, I don't want you to think like I don't care about what you're saying. Like, because I, I care deeply about what you're saying, and I also care deeply that you care about what you're saying, and you're trying to express them to me. You're having difficulty. So I want you to take a breath, like you know what I mean? And think about like, like, for instance, like Derek Mayo is is one, like me and Derek's still close as hell. And um, he has a lot of things that he's working on, but sometimes he struggles with communication because his mind works so fast and He's trying to communicate, so then he, sometimes he's going back and he's like refiguring things that he's thinking in his head and speaking out loud and like, you know what I mean? Um, and so sometimes I hit him with that and I'm like, stop, like, you know what I mean? And I'm like, won't you speaking to him, like use this as practice talking to me because I get what you're trying to say and I get what you're going. I have the patience to stick with you and, and, and so you can get through it. And I care intrinsically and extrinsically for you to get to it. But when you're communicating your ideas to a group of people that you want to rally together under you to work on something, they're not going to have the patience. And you know what I mean? And they might be worker bees. They might be on to the next thing that they can work on or something like that. You know, get another project is going to make it. But, you know, so use this with me here practicing right now to communicate, you know, to practice what you're trying to say effectively and concisely. Like, 
you're speaking. Well, one thing I remember saying, thing is like the way you talk to others, like you're giving us the director's cut. But when you speak to them, you gotta get in the trailer. Yeah. Like they gotta get all the information in the in the in the flashy way quick. You can sit here and give me all the behind the scenes and show me how you put together the CGI and everything like that. Cause I care truly about what you're saying. I want you to be able to put the trailer together. You know what I mean? Because I think that to, to his not defense, because I'm going to defend him, but to people who may struggle with, you know, getting a point across, I think that's an environmental evolution because we're so used to sit, being in an environment where it's like, all right, come on, what's your goal? To the point, like, to the point, like, to just from the amount of conversations that are going on and people saying something and how poorly I would tell stories to communicate. By the time I get there, I feel so disappointed because I know how funny it really was, but it just didn't hit like that. You know what I mean? So like that's really one of the instances and like one of just the phenomena in life that like really pushed me and you know, I still struggle with like and the more like I am like invested in it and invested in and whatever I'm talking about and who I'm communicating it to, the the worst I do oftentimes with Delivering it impactfully, type, you know. But. Back to our beginning, it's so crazy that. So you know, my background is in psychology, and so understanding that in that aspect, and then also being a coach, is being able to help people decipher their thoughts so that they can be able to in some cases, compartmentalize them so it doesn't become this mosh pit or this throwing a file so that you're like, oh, these all go here, so it's not. Um, and so just going back to that concept of being Dr. Phil, having that ability to talk with your friends or other individuals that you are in close relationship with to be able to say, all right, throw all your files down, let them throw them at the wall so that you then can I can help you put them back so like that you can go from Especially the ones that, that you know, feel comfortable enough to communicate things with me, whether it be something, you know, less personal or something more personal that they do for some about it. I, like, I find myself, I say, like, say what you're trying to say. Like, you know what I mean? And I do my, I, I do this as well a lot with Scylla, though, where it, I'll do the same thing that I see in other people that I like, you know, where it's like, beat around the bush a lot and, and build such a disclaimer up to somebody who already knows me and I don't have to, you know, give all these little precursors and things like that and point in the direction of what I'm trying to say because I can just say what I'm trying to say. And if their case, there was anything that wasn't clear based on how this other person already knows me, then you can ask that. Well, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I find myself even with, like, you know, some of my friends taking that and like, say exactly what you're trying to say. You know, you're like, fix it. You know it's like you're not in an interview, in a job interview, right? right. Like, you know what I mean, you hear what you just mean you. Like, say you know what I mean? Like, say everything. Right, just say exactly what you're trying to say. You know, I had a, a friend who had a, um, he got a video shot with somebody and it took a really, really long time. And once they got the video back, it was very evident that the videographer is very talented and skilled, but it was very evident that they rushed and that they, you know, let other projects they had take priority over what my friend was doing and the money they spent and the time they invested to choose this person and shoot this video for them, everything like that. You know what I mean? And my friend was very 
flustered and frustrated and upset because it was one of the first videos that they had gotten shot back in a while and they were trying to, you know what I mean, get more music out, more content on everything like that. And, um, you know, they kind of already had a timeline on things they were trying to do. And this person got told them, you know, they kept giving them expectations and then took three times longer. And, you know, it's very frustrating. So they were trying to communicate that. And, you know, first I, I, I validated, I'm like, bro, exactly how you feel is like, you're not tripping how you feel, you know what I mean? Which can also be important, you know? Mm-hmm. And in the same sense where if he was like wild and like, you bro, you like, like, I, I get why you feel but like, but you can't, you can't say that, you know what I mean? Or you can't, or that, that's, you know what I mean? But so, so in that same sense, like I told him like, bro, like I know because one of my things is, and, I, and I, I communicate this and express this to, especially people in my generation, um, and it, I feel like it, it's definitely prevalent in probably most generations, um, but I see it especially, you know, interacting with my generation is that we practice so much mental restraint through way of conditioning and um, mostly mostly conditioning and you know um societal norms you know pretty much molding ourselves and and embracing ourselves and rubbing ourselves down and to fit and to interact and be able to move in a way that is orthodox and comfortable for others to conceive around us you know what i mean um though we don't practice nearly nearly as much physical strength and we you know we do all types of you know whatever and you know fall into you know all types of physical lust and and voracious appetites and all types of things like that and i am so strongly believing that we need to practice so much less mental restraint and not to say that we just let our mind go crazy do whatever but engage with our mind the same way that we engage with our body we work out we run we get into new activities when we when we're seeking stimulation and you know what i mean like that we do that with our mind and engage like go within and engage with it instead of restraining it and suppressing certain thoughts and you know all, the, all sorts of things and practice so much more restraint in the physical and so much more engaging with our mind and i said that because this friend that i have i i know that he does this a lot and it's you know a lot of things it's conditioning and things that you've gone through as a kid and, and everything like that as well as just you know maybe certain ways that innate maybe certain struggles that are older than this lifetime for you yeah. you know what i mean and i know that this specific friend of mine they um they they snuff themselves down a lot because they are a very emotional very pink boy you know what i mean they're very like you know, not that they're even like flamboyant. Well, I mean, I guess they're flamboyant, but not even like in the sense of like where it's like, oh, like, you know, anything that has anything to do with, you know, their sexual orientation or anything like that. Not that that is any, you know, more just reason for for any type of judgments or anything like that. But, you know, they're just a very like a wear their heart on the sleeve type of person. Exactly. And this is the way I challenged him where it was like, like, you know, the same person with this video. And I said, I said, bro, like, I said, I was, so I'm, I'm going to help because, you know, he knows that I'm very good with words and, you know, I'm used to being professional and, you know, having to communicate with a lot of people in different stations of life and whatnot. I said, sit there. I said, type exactly what you want to type in your phone and just show me before you send it. And I will literally help you proofread yeah. it and make it something that is more easily digestible to somebody yeah. that you see. Like, literally, like, 
I, I like I will make it. I will, I will help you make it more more digestible. Somebody that you are still hoping to work with, you know what I mean? That you're not looking to solve. But I'm betting you that I'm gonna have to touch this way less than you're assuming I am. Right. Yeah. So give you that confidence. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that in fact, this message. All I did was like add like some punctuation somewhere and like move a thing around to make what he was saying more clear and then like deleted two sentences because he was like over explaining himself and you know what I mean it came off as very uncertain of and over explaining and like it didn't even need to be said like you said what you said this is clear it's not it's not insulting it's very you know what I mean straight to the point and like you know what I mean and I and I'm hoping so you know I continue to pour into my people the same way they pour into me and in, in, in different ways but in that same way I continue to pour into him but I'm hoping that that was one instance that showed him like Trust what's going on in here and work with it and don't automatically assume that whatever is going on in here is faulty or not positive or, or a pollutant of some sort. You know what I mean? Like you you got it. Like you know what I mean? Like you got everything you need. Like you got everything you need. <laughs> I love to talk about generations and how gener because you, you touched on that and that's that's an important factor to identify generations because it goes back to what we talked about about environments, evolution, things of that nature, and how gener and it's always fascinating to me on how generations interpret and behave in, in different situations. And we, we you know we make light of it, we laugh at certain things, but I think it's a, that's a key point. But I do want to spend these last moments before um, we wrap it up for you to talk about some of the things. Um, and I don't. I, I, we got to wrap it up, but I want you to talk about the things that you're doing. Mention your business name. All of this information will be in the description so that you can know how to get in contact. Um, and also you can view and um, and listen to the work of this great one, my son, Darius. Um, but go ahead. I'm going to leave that open for you to talk about your business name, music, all of the things. Um, art. Don't forget about art because that's his first, first love. Yeah, it's a really um, in one sense or the other, uh, I go by the alias Deborah <laughs> most often. Um, I have a lot of visual art in the works, but most, oh, sorry, most um, on the on the on the on the horizon is I have a, a musical project coming out sometime soon within the next two months. Um, just follow me on Instagram, Avatar Deborah, uh, D E B R A. And we will we will keep up to date on that. I have been very very silent because I have been very hard at work. I'm like a hermit. I like I, I go to work like house back where, where Patrick lives. Like <laughs> just to stand and just to throw the rock over you. That's how I be. I just be like every in there like this. I just be yeah. <laughs> but um, but no, yeah. Seriously, um, yeah. I've been I've been working a lot, so I definitely appreciate anybody that that cares to check me out. Um, I have just a couple singles out right now, but I have there's gonna be a lot of music coming. It's been quiet because it won't be for much longer. Um, my business, Just Goods, it's funny, that's what I was saying. It's funny, Just Goods. Um, and my business is Just Goods for similar reasons because it is Just Goods. There is, right now, we're still in the building stages. Um, there's a lot of research and development going on because uh, for the to the end of, I... Well, I guess let me just tell you why it's called Just Goods. It's Just Goods because there is going to be Just Goods. Anything that is a good, anything that I 
and in the creative community that I build around me seek to create and put in the market for others to be able to access, attain, utilize, um, purchase, whatever. Um, so there really is no limit or boundary in the realm that Just Goods will grow into creating. And I seek to start in, you know, fashion and art and, and, and such of those commodities and grow it even to, you know, architecture and furniture design, even infrastructure and city planning and things like that and whatnot. Um, and it's just goods because it has to be just. And that's why I said there's a lot of research, the research development right now is because I obviously, you know, want to start with, you know, some fashion and clothes and, and retail, though that's one of the biggest waste producers in the world right now, you know, producing over like almost 2 billion tons a year of just retail. And a, a lot of that can be recycled, you know what I mean? And there's a lot more recycling of textiles that's going on right now, but that's where that end of research development is, is in discovering the best way for us to go about being of service to the earth and people by figuring out the insertion of our chain and the chain link of breaking down the waste and yeah. utilizing it for something new and you know much more um everything has to be ecologically conscious and just as well as everything has to be just along every stage of anybody that touched worked or contributed on on anything so that, that that's why it's still a, it, it's been a, a business since 2019 2020 so three four years but it's been heavy research and development. Um, and right now I do a lot of like, uh, a lot of um, like um, consulting under Just Goods right now um, that I can take in uh, um, income from while there's no merchandise or retail that's actually out, though it's gonna be something that is, uh, is going to be a, a conglomerate, a, uh, a community like it, it's going to become a, a creative house right now it's just a business but soon it'll be a creative house and it's going to be something that'll have its own legs and flagella to <laughs> move around contact you just me instagram people contact me um avatar deborah on instagram you can email me deborah here and now um avatar deborah here and now at gmail.com deborah D-E-B-R-A here and now at gmail.com. Um, Twitter is Avatar Rye. Um, yeah, I just be around. I don't think I got LinkedIn, but I be around. And now we'll finish this off with the the last thing I did say. <laughs> Northumberland. Looks truncated bed. No, because it was those shiny felt even the stuff in and I kept looking down, trying to see the stuffed animal. And this is what was making it so even crazier is because there was like, you know, the little TV console that was on the essential wall. So obviously where I am at, at the, the, the higher bed is closer to shiny and the stuffed animal than the TV console on the wall. I cannot see, it's too dark that I can't see the stuffed animal that shiny is holding. And this is only, this only parallels the pure mind fuck that this was for me. There are cats glitching and spawning from the ceiling look they're looking at me their legs are straight as if they're standing but it's like they're glitching and they're you know down to the 
I just got in bed. I'm not asleep. I've never experienced sleep paralysis or anything of the sort. I literally kept doing that and kept looking down at Shawnee, seeing that she was awake and whispering to her and like looking up and oh, seeing yeah. it. And that's one of those, like, I vividly remember that memory to this day because, like I said, as a kid, it showed and proved to scare the fuck out of me and make me completely close. Like, for a long time, I don't remember, I used to walk, I used to look at the ground all the time. I wouldn't keep my head up when I was walking and I didn't think about it back then but everything was overwhelming because like I can't validate what I'm experiencing nobody else it seems to be able to validate what I'm experiencing so I'm just gonna look at the fucking ground like I'm gonna look at the ground and, but, and, 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 and now it goes to help me not like you said dismiss what I experienced because obviously I still remember that for a reason you know whether of physical reality or a mental reality shapes how you behave in situations. And so going back to your point with regards to understanding, uh, not understanding because you can never understand what somebody else is going through, but having the compassion and the listening ear to say, to not dismiss what they're going to, to get an understanding of why people behave sure. the way they For behave sure. because of what they experience, whether Absolutely. it was mental experiences like or said, physical experiences. That's one of the things that is so, I feel like it's so just like, um, it's lost on people because people go through a, I don't understand, or you know what I mean? And they have all types of like biases. Exactly. They have all types of biases. And if they can't understand something or can't conceive of something as, you know, as their life going through it or whatever, you know, they dismiss or whatever type thing. But sometimes understanding is not going to come immediately. You know what I mean? Just like in school, so to speak. You know, you learn and you start a new uh, chapter in math, science, English, whatever today. It might and be, it it might be a week and a half before the final quiz. You really get it. You know? Oh, a teaspoon actually is smaller than a needle. Because you didn't get it that, nah, fractions not real. Whatever they're saying about fractions, not true. Like, nah, they, they should be talking so much smack about fractions. Like, fractions really just got to do everything. Like, oh my God, one over two, three over five, we get it. Fractions, uh, it's so dramatic. Like, yeah. Definitely goes back to what we said with understanding back to the whole concept. Level, another level of understanding you and you understanding me as well because we're talking back. Um, and so I just want to say that uh, I appreciate this time with you and I am publicly saying this and I've said this to you privately. I'm so proud of who you are, um, the man that you have become and the person, the human that you are mm -hmm. becoming. Um, and <laughs> the tip I posted today, this will this will release well after that tip was posted. Um, parents, take a win. And he's my win. So I'm going to take pride in that. Yeah. <laughs> because 23 of chromosomes belong to me. But <laughs> I am super duper excited about um, all of the things that um, you are going to put into this world. Um, from your legacy um, to all of the things that you put your hand on. So I appreciate it. I love you. <laughs>
Are you a family or parent seeking ways to strengthen your parental relationships while empowering your child to thrive? Or are you a family navigating the unique challenges of ADHD? Look no further. Tyler's Chronicles Coaching and Consulting is your compass to the world of compassion, resilience, and hope. At Tyler's Chronicles, we're on a mission to transform the lives of families, one heartfelt connection at a time. For more information and contact details, visit our website today at www.tylerschronicles.com to explore our programs and resources. Also, you can follow us on social media, Instagram handle, Tyler's Chronicles LLC, Facebook, Tyler's Chronicles LLC. Together, we can build stronger parental relationships and empower children with ADHD to shine.